If you or someone you know is having thoughts of self-harm or suicide, don't hesitate to call the Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or use the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. They're both free and available 24-7. Yeah, well, I, just, I just emailed it to you. Or, no, did I email it to myself? Hold on. Oh my God. All right. Does streaming help or hurt with anxiety and mental health? What do you guys think? Clearly my mental health is out the freaking window. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's a uh, definitely something that can go, you know, either way very easily. You know, like because on one hand, it, I feel like it helps, like especially people who are a little more anxious and trying to like get out there and talk to people and stuff like that. But also, like if if you put it too much into it and you end up stressing yourself out more than you're actually like needing to, then it can actually put a little bit more of a strain at times. Yeah, and I feel like uh, it, it's very one way or the other. It can go really good or really bad because uh, people people can become very vulnerable on the internet. So, like, if you're streaming and somebody super toxic comes into your uh, into your chat, I mean, it could do a lot more harm than good. But then again, if you have a really good community and a good amount of people or like good people around you. I feel like it could really uplift your spirits. Like, Cromer, I don't know if you knew the kid in Beastie's chat the other day. Um, and I don't know if, like, I took it the wrong way, but, like, really kind of Oh, the pissed. one that came in said something about the viewers? Yeah, that really pissed me off, man. Like, I'm not yeah. sure, I don't know if you were there. Um, Cromer and I were in Beastie's chat the other day, and there was this guy that came, a guy, girl, whatever, came in. And they were like, you know, I really like to support small streamers. And BC was sitting on like seven viewers at the time. And the guy said, you know, seven viewers is just sad. And I'm like, yo, what the hell, man? Like, that's a real douchebag thing to say. And it it really screwed that guy. Yeah, it really pissed me off because BC's trying, man. Like, we're all in the grinding period right now. It's not easy. Seven, I'm happy when I have seven viewers. And yeah man i mean i posted about that on twitter i was like you know like we're we're striving to get to that partner obviously but like you know i'm happy with my average of seven point whatever it's like that's seven point whatever more people than i had watched me a year ago when i was yep. sitting at zero you know that's oh absolutely like i mean because it's one thing like if he just came in and all he said was oh hey i just want to be here and i want to help support small streamers no big deal but then he has to go the extra mile and be like because the amount of viewers you have is sad i'm like Come yeah, on, uh, man. Are you kidding me right I now? wish I'd have been there. I'd, I'd have looked at his chat and, like, look, go look at his channel, see what he's got. I bet he has, like, nothing. Probably. He's just out there trolling over all over Twitch. I mean, and yeah. what's funny, though, is, like, you're, we're going to see that all over the place, too. Like, there was this guy that I, I watch. He's a an Aussie streamer, and he, he, like, full-time streams now between 70 and 130 people. And I started watching Dang. him when he had 10 to 12 people watching him. That's awesome. And I've watched him grow over like the last year. He's like just kind of took off and he's able to quit his job and work just streaming. And he streams like 10 to 12 hours a day sometimes. But man loves it. He loves his people and everybody has a good time there. 
and someone was blasting him on Instagram talking about how like can you believe he's a full-time streamer only a 70 viewer average and like 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 just crapping on his viewers and stuff like <laughs> dude that's a that's like starting partner numbers right there like that guy's he's getting it and like, he's full-time but bet he lives with his parents nah dude lives on his own like he takes care of himself like he's where i want to be at one point yep. you know and that's the that's a tough thing is no it's human nature you could hear a million good things about yourself from a million different people that one person who tells you you know something negative or something that might trigger you that's what's going to stick with you and that's the part where it can really really hurt you when it's really good it's really good but that one bad thing can really just kind of push you to the limit and that that's that's the i mean that's the internet overall not just streaming yeah yeah so i think basically we've identified how toxic the internet is in general yeah. <laughs> so and yeah. that does spill over into streaming so but on yep. the flip side of that it definitely for me it's like to me it's always been like an escape so you know a lot of times the real world sucks especially lately <laughs> so yeah. getting away from that and just coming online hanging out with people you know online and just playing games and having fun it's a great escape to me. And so that definitely helps with my mental health, in my opinion, as long as we keep to talk to people away. So <laughs> well, yeah. And you get enough good people around you, like Drog was saying earlier, or yeah. sorry, D Raj said earlier, um, Who cares? We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they help take care of that situation. Like um, I know there's like, we have rules for our chats for a reason. And like, you know, Drog had someone the other day coming in and starting to try to talk about stuff. And I just, you know, was like, no, nah, man, not here. We're not, we're not talking about that here and just yeah. kind of shut it down right off the bat and you know we we all kept going it was no big deal you know we just got to keep that toxicity down because like you said the internet inherently has a lot of toxicness and um it, it can be straining being berated by that on a daily basis yeah, yeah like, like Cromer was saying you know we, we have enough going on with with everything in the world right now the video game is like that that nice normal part of life that hasn't really changed it doesn't matter with everything that's going on right now 10 years ago 10 years in the future video games are going to be people's escape so they shouldn't have that pressure of you know feeling degraded or, or belittled by somebody just come on here have a good time and that's why it helps my opinion if you get a good surrounding you, you know nacho was just saying you could put them as moderators for your chats that kind of help alleviate some of that pressure of Having to stay on top of it, you can have the people with you just taking care of business. Yeah. And I, I also think like for like for myself as far as like like mental health goes, I think it it definitely it it's definitely been really nice because there's a lot of things like it, like Chrome was saying, you know, with talking with people and things like that and in you know, in person, we've all been able to kind of connect with each other, starting off as, you know, whether we were like faceless or not or whatever. We all just kind of like we we just chatted and we all kind of clicked and it was cool. And now we're, like we all live in three different states and we're doing a podcast together. And it's like and there are other people we are friends with that are all across the, you know, not just this country, but other countries yeah. even, that we regularly talk to. And then they regularly, you know, hang out with us like what on stream. It's, you know, it's nice. It, it definitely the only helps. Thing we're missing is like Russians or something. I think we got pretty much everybody else covered. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good on that. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Like, <laughs> just I, don't, kidding. I don't personally know any of them, but yeah, it's like, and definitely what I, I think it all comes back to like 
the purpose of why people game in the first place. Like gaming is an escape. I mean, you go and jump into these fantasy worlds for the most part to get away from reality. So streaming is basically the same thing. You're just sharing that fantasy or escape with everybody else and try to keep current events in real life as far away from that as possible for the most part. Now yep. I, I know me personally, like when COVID first happened, we kind of all talked about it a little bit, but then I was like, you know what? Let, let's just not talk about this anymore. This is getting depressing really quick. So I just like, let's, that's enough of that. No more. <laughs> so, but, you know, the, it's, it's what's happening. So it, people tend to talk about what's happening. So the truth behind that, I mean, we, we talked about it and I believe episode two is look at Twitch's numbers. As soon as COVID happened, mm -hmm. their numbers in March were, they've never seen anything like it. So it, it, it's a fact. I mean, people go to video games for the good, the bad, and everything in between. It it's, doesn't matter who you are. You, you, you always have that video game that you can nine times out of 10 fall back on, whether it's playing it yourself or watching somebody play it. That's really funny too. Cause like right when like it was all taking off, we were like moving States and like we had, like I was getting a new job and everything. We had like taken like a hiatus from streaming like right as it was kind of like oh everybody's watching twitch now it was, it's like oh yeah great right after we stop everybody good it's like it's just ironic <laughs> so um we can kind of segue into this it's uh because i know it affects my mental health and we can talk about sports but more in general sporting games and somebody actually suggested this to us um, what sport games did we grow up playing and which one was our favorite? Uh, personally, for me, there there's two. And one would be NCAA football. and But more vividly, the sports game that really was like locked in, loved it, played it all the time, especially summertime. It was like the only video game I played growing up was NBA Live 06. And games like that are much different from video games as opposed to nowadays where it's not so much online. I feel like back then there was a lot more offline game modes with careers and, you know, doing all that goofy stuff. But those are the two games that really stuck out, stood out to me as uh, the sport games that, that really captivated and got my attention. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, me personally, I grew up playing like Madden all the time. Like that was like the number one game I would play all the time. And then later on, um, probably more so, I think when the PSP first launched, I really got into um, MLB The Show because, you know, it was a PlayStation exclusive. And then obviously I played that more on PS3 as well. But Madden and MLB The Show, those are my two games. Like I've got so many players I've created in MLB The Show and taken them like all the way because like, you know, it's like um, the creative player. You just make your own player and you start in the minor leagues and work your way all the way to the show. Oh, I, and I love that experience of that game. Um, I can't wait till they release it on all platforms next year. Hopefully that still happens. Was MLB the show always um, Sony exclusive? Because I remember playing a baseball game on Xbox. I just don't remember the exact title, but it, was, it wasn't one of those like arcadey games. It was, you know, legit. Might have been 2K. Yeah, I think 2K had one. But yeah, as far as I can recall, MLB The Show has always been Sony exclusive. 
Gotcha. Because I think this is supposed 2021 is supposed to be the first year that they release it on other platforms. I know it's going to be on like Xbox and the Switch and everything next year. I know there was an MLB game. I don't know what it was, but it was on like I think it was the Wii or something where it was like they gave away a car to the first person who could pitch like a like a perfect series. Like you you struck out every single batter for the yeah, whole series. Game. Yeah, I I remember that. I I don't remember what game that was though. No one does. <laughs> Joel, can you look that up for us? <laughs> I remember. Um, oh, we don't have a producer. Not yet. Not yet. Well, not not remember. KC, per se, can you look that up for us? Yeah, KC, get to get, get us some fact checks here, please. Um, I was always surprised that Xbox never tried to have a a competition for the show. There's really no MLB game on Xbox. I, mean, I don't know if they don't want to dive into it. I don't, maybe the show doesn't do that well for PlayStation. I don't know. But it just seems odd that they don't have any sort of counter. I think a lot of it had more so to do with licensing. Because like MLB The Show owned the, lights from the player, owned the rights from the Players Association, everything, to use their likenesses and all that. You know how all that gets. The same reason yeah. that NCAA football got shut down. So it's, it all comes down to money. So, it's all legalities. Who, somebody didn't want to pay money to get the rights to make it on Xbox at the time. So, And now whoever technically owns the, the show, I guess they've decided to go full-blown with it finally after 10-plus years. <laughs> and, I mean, as far as sports games go, um, well, for one, are we considering wrestling games, sports games? Absolutely. I literally have wrestling on the TV right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because I know that's a kind of a debate whether that counts. You know, wrestling it's like, it's, is it a sport? A sport. Or, I know they're acting, but also, they're athletes. Uh, but yeah, they're athletes. So I mean, you're they are still large. Like they they do work out, whether they're actually punching each other or not. Yeah, it's um, just staged. <laughs> but okay, so there were three games I specifically remember playing as a kid that were sports games and they're the only three i can remember one of them was like this nba like street basketball game for ps2 and that one was one of my favorites it was insane like you were doing all kind of crazy and i actually figured out how to time it just right to where i could hit a full court shot every time and i do i'd like i'd dunk it from like full court and it was like insane stuff and like that's what really kept me going with that one was just the visuals you know it's funny you say that because nba street volume 2 is one of those games i completely forgot about but that is like an iconic, legendary game. Yeah, it is. Didn't it, they? Didn't they make an NFL Street too? Yes, they did. Like, and I Ricky Williams was that. on the cover. Yes, that one. I played that one yep. all the time <laughs> for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only, and then like the, the only football game, right? So like growing up, I didn't have a smartphone. I had like a flip phone or a slider phone or You're one like of those. Twelve. Phones. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> A buddy of mine had an old iPod Touch that he wasn't playing with, and he let me borrow it. Well, he actually bought this like Madden game on it that was like $4 on the App Store, and I was like, $4? Who would pay money for an app on your phone? That's ridiculous. But it was on there, so I played it, and I would just... I, I enjoyed playing that little handheld football game, but I never cared as much when I was playing it on like someone's Xbox or something. Like I just couldn't get into like Madden itself. Which I know a lot of people did. You guys probably, obviously, included. Um, but did. then, yes. But really, SmackDown versus Raw 2007 
was a big chunk of of hours and hours and hours dumped into a game because they had career mode where you would go through and you would play as either your custom character or whatever other character. And it was a little different depending on which person you were choosing to play as. And then they had a manager mode where you like set up the events and let them play out. And then like you could earn like trophies for your locker room and stuff like that. And I like decked out a customized my locker room. I like listen to like three days grace on the soundtrack and things like that. It's just like, it was just like, it was like heavy and it was nice. And uh, at the time they were all like, this is the best graphics so far. And it was like, well, of course it was, it was 2007 graphics were only so far. Um, But I convinced my mom to buy it for me. And I, I loved it. I love that game so much. I still have it to this day. That's how I feel with, with NCAA. You know, at the time we didn't realize that would be the last one. But that game, all of the NCAAs to me, because I'm a big college fan, like more college than pro, but like the recruiting that you had to go through or if you wanted to create your own player to you know, you play the, the first four or six high school games, you get to pick your school. That The game just had so much to offer without having to do anything online. And that's where I feel like sports games have really lost their their ways that to me, they're they're just such money grabs now. It's it's a pay to play to me. Yeah, and which reminds me, like, because like you guys saw, like, when Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two got redone. Oh yeah, the, those things kind of took off for a minute right after it came out. Because you know, people miss that just by yourself skateboarding around, whatever, man. Like just going through the course. I had Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four, and that was another one I I like lived by. I did every single achievement. On every map, at every difficulty, and unlocked everything in that game. I completed that game. Nice. Yeah, Tony Hawk, and I really like Skate, Skate Two. The those games were there was the open world and just just being able to to ride wherever you want was such a cool feeling to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to play Tom Tony Hawk games back in the day. There was. I don't remember which. I mean, I know I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. I remember, I remember those games. But then there were some that came out. Like I, I was a big skater kid back in the day, so I would always play all the skateboarding games. I could so totally all these, see it. all these dumb ones that kept coming out, and they were so bad. But I would just play them all the time. Like I don't even remember all the names. There's like Tony Hawk Pro Skater Seven, Revenge of the Nerds Part Two. I don't even know, man. They're just they were just making stuff up at that point for money. But I would still play them. Was it the Underground Tony Hawk series that had all the Come Easter on, eggs? Yeah, with yeah. Like Bam Margera and all those guys. Those those series, the Thug ones, those were good. Yes. Yeah, those were those were my favorite Tony Hawk games. Because I remember there was one where you were always like in this neighborhood, and that was like the only place you went, and you just went all around the neighborhood yeah. skateboarding. You like bust through the glass to get into the big warehouses and everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there was there times. were some spots like that on the fourth one too. Like, and they had like most of the big names like Bam Margera and all them, and then they had like secret characters you could unlock, like Boba Fett from uh, <laughs> Star Wars, and like you'd have the jetpack, and if you did like. A specific sequence at the apex of your jump off of a half pipe, he would like set his jetpack off and you'd like double your distance into the sky. And I was like, I, I get it, I got it to happen like three times ever. And I was like, this is insane. Like, I'm just flying. Don't See, even know it, the sequence. Is it weird to say that I feel like video games these days don't give you those memories? That I don't know if it was because we were kids and it's nostalgic, or I just feel like games don't give you that 
that memory that you vividly just you can see it and you remember where you were and what was happening i, I don't get that anymore it's it's very few and far between like probably the most recent game i can think of that's given me any kind of like nostalgia and memory feels is i'm gonna have to throw back to uncharted 2 again because that that game just just gave me chills playing that game like that game was so good so good <laughs> yeah but, but- in, in, in general, over all the games, yeah, it's like, eh, here's another game to play. Well, and I mean, that ties into the online aspect, too. Like, one hand, it's really nice to be able to, you know, game with your friends, and, you know, you get those sick clips of those crazy plays and all that stuff, and that's all really cool. But, like, how many of those do you remember if you don't have a video to look back at? It's like, you might remember, like, you might remember, like, oh, you did something crazy once. It's like, but you're not going to remember your, like, top 10, like, crazy Apex wins or anything like that necessarily. Whereas, like, if you have, like, a good offline game that you're playing and you're really actually invested in the characters and the stories and stuff, like, it just it, it just hits different. But even sporting games as a whole, I remember 2K, I forgot exactly which one it was, but it was the 2K football series when they were still making those. And I remember how captivating it was because it was it was little stuff, like, you were a football player, but they gave you a house that you can customize and you could put a movie theater in, you could put a yeah. paper football table. Stuff like that, it it's not needed, but when it's there, it's really nice. And it's something that that brings you back because it's an extra incentive on playing the game. And that's where I guess I mean we can segue into like the current state of all these pro games and sports games that are coming out. Um, and, and one more thing, touching back into the uh, the anxiety and mental health thing, if you could just like snip this and throw it back in the other bit. Um, but Casey wanted to make sure it, it was mentioned that um, like f- for them, especially um, having a good community and everything like we were talking about earlier, definitely, definitely helps. And, and you start to see once the community grows that you have more good people than bad people out there you know you have those trolls but it's like one troll out of a you know a hundred friends or whatever that you'll you'll end up coming across or even just acquaintances at that point but the the good definitely outweighs the bad when it comes to mental health with it and i feel like that's how it is with really all the internet i mean there's going to be more good than bad it's just like i was saying the, the bad sticks out so much more and that's that's the unfortunate part because as humans we we don't we don't consume negativity as well as we do positivity, and it, it's just the unfortunate thing about it. It's like that. Well, I'm sure Nacho, you've probably seen it because you're on TikTok. It's like what do they keep saying? Something about why they they play games all the time to escape the depression. We know we play games a lot to escape the depression. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like it's so facts. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and and with with Casey being somebody uh, that's you know been been diagnosed with some things, it's like it, it really hits home. Like how how much it's you could see like things like positively helping, and when they, and when they're negative too. But we all got each other's back, and we got a lot of people that we look out for and that we know look out for us, and I think that's what made all of this a lot more positive for 
for myself and for us and I assume for you guys also like everybody that we've come across and met especially these last few months it's just been really really nice 100%. and it took like, over a year of streaming before we were really getting to like that build that we needed so it was more it was kind of just having to stick stick through it you know keep at it and then just like everything in life you gotta you gotta be consistent i mean it ain't gonna happen overnight Ninja was streaming for, what, six years before he started to take off? I know Shiv was talking about it in a couple streams uh, recently. Everybody was saying, you know, how long have you been streaming? And he literally went into his to his Twitch analytics. And it showed, like, you know, 10 viewers, 10 viewers, 10 viewers. And then it was, like, 2018 he really started to take off. And he started in 2014. Dang. And he's still, I mean, he pulls in, you know, 6,000 viewers but that's still not, you know. Look, we're ninja, and I know they're the top tier, but or like Shroud hitting thirty yeah. to a hundred thousand people at any given time. Yep, it's it's wild. It's not easy. <laughs> if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. Six k, six thousand viewers is just sad, man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I come in here to help the uh, support the small streamers. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta throw back to that. Oh my gosh, that guy still. All right, but yeah, but, back to the current state uh, of sporting games. Let's let's move on. Yeah, let's uh let's segue into that. What is the state? I don't even know. They Honestly, suck. I play. You know how <laughs> many current trash. sporting games I play? Hold on, let me look at my library of sporting games I have right here. Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, I got Mario Kart. Does that count? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Rocket League, Rocket League, Rocket League. I mean, oh, look, all these fun, interactive racing games. That's about the only thing people care about at the moment. <laughs> Everything else kind of sucks. It's horrible where where sporting games are right now. Whether it's 2K, Madden, FIFA, it's it's bad, bad. I'm going to have to just Freddy on FIFA. I don't know. He seems to like it. <laughs> yeah, the game itself, maybe. But, I mean, he's a he's a big fan. Madden 21 just came out, and it's at 4,700 viewers. Because nobody cares. It's over like a 30-day period or right now? Right now. It's sitting at, there's 4,700 active viewers on it right now. Yikes. And 1.3 is on one guy. Yikes. And I mean, look, I'm I'm not going to lie. I don't know a whole lot about 2K. So roast me about that if you want later. But um, from what I understand, not with 2K21, but I think like the last one or the one before that the other day, uh, a buddy of mine was telling me about it. Like he was getting kind of frustrated with the online play because like there was like something about like the stats and like that you, you like use the currency to like improve stats on players. But like you can earn it by playing, but like you'll have to get like crushed like a hundred times to earn some. So you really have to pay for it because another guy will just drop a hundred bucks and his character can outplay yours tenfold so it's like really a pay to win at that point and pay to win is garbage that's all 2k is because okay so i'm gonna use apex as an example you know those uh those coins you get not the gold coins but the ones like you use to unlock characters yeah like the legend tokens yeah yeah how you earn those the more you play yeah so that's how 2k is so say you you play your games to earn them, but you can also buy them. Those 
those tokens are used to upgrade your players, but you can go in and buy, say, 100,000 VC points is what they call it, and just make your player, even though you just started, if you purchase enough VC coins, you can put him to a 99 overall in two transactions. But if you were to play through it, it's going to take you two, three, four months, depending on how hard you grind. So it, it's literally a pay-to-play. And there's no skill involved in it. That was my understanding of it. And I was like, like he told me about that. And I was like, yeah, I even, even if I was going to think about touching the 2K game, that really turned me away right off the bat. Like as somebody that hasn't really played them, it, it definitely turned me off. Like I was not wanting to do that at all. And I'm sure that happens a lot with a lot of people that are like trying to get into new games. You hear your, you know, your buddy plays 2K. So you're like, yeah, maybe I'll get it. And then it's like, you get it and you find out that, you do your first online game and you get demolished on day one by somebody else who just had $200 that you didn't have. And it's like, okay, well, I'm never touching this game again. I might even go get it returned because like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's kind of like that meme I see. It's like, oh, you're just, you, you work full time and you get home. And you just want to casually play a game. And then you get in a lobby with a player that plays this game for 20 hours a day or, you know, drops $200 and you just get smashed. You're like, well, this isn't fun. It's mean, <laughs> not fun. It sucks. Well, and the worst part about 2K, I can definitely speak on the most because not that I play it the most because I really just don't play sports games anymore. <laughs> but I know NBA 2K, I want to say 19, there was a sale on it through the Xbox store where it was 99 cents. So oh, yeah. My buddies and I, we were like, you know, let's get it. It was like six of us. And we're like, we always used to play back when 2K was relatively good we always used to do the online associations where you can create your own team you draft your own players and you can play against each other that mode didn't even work in the game and it was a problem they've had since the game came out and it never got resolved so that just goes to show you how they only care about the online mode and making their money through the virtual currency yeah it's just disappointing man And I feel like mobile games might be to blame for that because that's basically the MO of all mobile games is they're pretty much 99% pay to win microtransactions. Yes. And then all these regular AAA game developers are like, Hmm, all these bootleg mobile games are doing this and look how much money they're making. Let's try it out too and see how it goes. And well, the same idiots are buying all these crap and ruining the games for everyone ridiculous and and i feel like they also take advantage of a lot of people that you know have been playing those games too which is really really screwed up because like there are guys that are like oh yeah you know i got the new 2k it's like oh man i don't really like 2k it's like yeah me either i just but you know it's it's the new 2k so it's like they just they just buy it every year or same with madden same with any of them like the the new one comes out like i gotta get that one why i don't know it's the same as the last one yeah well it's a little different well how not sure. I'm not kidding. If if I was to hand you FIFA, I'm not going to say 17. If I was to hand you FIFA 19 and and I was to tell you it was FIFA 21, you would have no idea if you played both games that they were different. It, that's no exaggeration. It, it's It's like they literally take the rosters and just upgrade them. They always say they add new engines and animations. Maybe they do, but 
for it to be a whole extra new shadow. Game. Yeah, that's really it. it. You would not be able to tell, and that's for everything. Madden 2K, they all feel exactly the same. And I think that's probably part of the problem too. Is like, how much innovation can you really come up with in a sports game? I mean, how much do the sports actually change in real life from year to year? Not very much. Literally, the only thing that changes is maybe a couple rules here or there in the rosters. So, but you know, these people they want to make their sixty bucks, so they yeah. gotta just make up all this stuff. Like it's a brand new game with new content, and you're like, "There's nothing new in here. It's just a new roster." Maybe pay sixty dollars for a new roster. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could release a new sports game probably every two, three years, and you still wouldn't see a huge, huge difference. But then it would be spaced out enough where like the players would shift a lot more, and um you could you could argue you'd have better graphics things like that whatever but like year after year not enough shifts happen absolutely and if you look at it i mean we all know historically gamestop or any store trade-in value is not great with with a lot of games but sports games specifically they tend to trade in for like pennies compared to other things like i tried to there there was like a stack of like old games that I got from somebody and they were just like Madden and and uh, an old basketball game and like this like deer hunting game and all this stuff and I like dropped like a, a whole stack of like 20 discs and the guy was like you know these are like a quarter a piece and that's that's giving you a little extra and I was like I'll take it <laughs> I don't know, I'm not gonna... <laughs> I'm not gonna play them I might as well get a couple dollars off the new game I'm about to I'm about to buy yeah there's just no resale value at all or replay value really there's no replay yeah mm. yep you're correct. Well, it's just like fifa and madden i mean they're both really pay to plays because a lot of people get them just for the ultimate team aspect and you pay the more money you put in the more virtual currency you get to open you know the packs is what they call them but better chance you have of getting a better player like that's what freddie always plays is his ultimate team and that's the goal. You want to have the best squad you can get, and the best the way to do that is by opening more packs. So it, it seems like all sports games are in that that mode right now, where they're all just pay to wins. And that's yeah. why you have four point seven k people watching Madden right now because no one cares. Yep, FIFA sitting at thirty five thousand, which is nothing for what FIFA used to get. And that's with like a brand new game. Yep, FIFA just came out in beginning. I think beginning of October. Yeah, last week it just came out. Mm. It, it's already that low. That's like, I mean, that's a lot. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's low spread out amongst however many people are playing it and everything else. Like you said, how they used to pull. So this this might be a good comparison. So I just put up FIFA nineteen on Twitch. It has five point five million followers. FIFA twenty one. Granted, I know it's still. A young game, it's only at 425,000 followers. But you'd think if people cared about it enough that they'd be following it, but that's yep. the thing, they're not. They like 19, and 19 is the same, like you said. So it's like, why, why are they like rushing over to the new one? There's not yeah, a FIFA, reason. FIFA 20 has 5.7 million followers, so maybe because it's so new, but it doesn't seem like it's on a good, uh, on a good trajectory. Bye bye sports games. Yeah. 
Um, something something's got to give with them. Maybe mm-hmm. people keep buying them because they're like, maybe this is gonna be the last one, guys. We don't we don't know. <laughs> we we want to make sure we have the last one. That's how I felt with uh, NCAA 14. Oh, That's man. the only sport game that held its value. That game's still going for like full price on eBay. Yeah, because it's something you can't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what you got. You got to offer something that people want that they can't have. <laughs> like, well, wait, you tell me I can't have it? Oh, I really want it. <laughs> full price, baby. Oh, well, that's like there's some, there's some like a couple of PlayStation games I have that are like really old that like to get a new one it's like ninety dollars and I bought that game for like twenty five bucks. Holy crap! Dang, that's I don't know. I mean, I guess sometimes you uh you could sit on a gold mine without even knowing it. Yeah, but now I don't want to get rid of it. It's like, well, this is mine. I'm not about to pay ninety bucks <laughs> to re- replace this later if I ever want to come back to it. Who knows? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I need the answer, Chrome. Uh, I don't know what they're supposed to do to fix this problem. But well, maybe uh, you can answer this. Um, what is the best video game series, in your opinion? Getting away from sporting games because we all know those aren't those aren't it. Hmm. Mine's kind of a toss-up between two series. Pokemon doesn't count for this one, Chrome. Yes, it does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Would that get rid of both? <laughs> no, I mean, I was thinking between, for me personally, it'd just be between either Pokemon or the Uncharted series. But I would probably have to lean Pokemon because I actually haven't finished Uncharted yet. I haven't played four because um, I don't have a PlayStation 4. So. <laughs> So once I beat that, then maybe Uncharted will eclipse Pokemon in my mind. But I mean, for me, Pokemon, like I've said on this podcast before, Pokemon's a game I grew up with. I mean, I, it's literally something I've been able to play for 25 plus years. So it's and to me, it's it's gotten yeah. a little weird lately. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that in the last five plus years, it's it's getting a little out of control, but it's still... I like those style of games. You know, you get some characters, you level them up, you you run through the game, and you, you beat other people. I mean, it's just, it's just always been fun to me, that style of game. So, I mean, would you consider that an RPG game, I guess? Or, I mean, of sorts. Could be. What, I don't really know what they call Pokemon. Is it an RPG? I mean, at this point, our, our podcast is just a running ad for Pokemon, really. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys got to speak up. Add some more content. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it says role playing video games, what the genre is classified as. So, yeah, that's. And I do, I do prefer role playing games. I mean, I like stuff like that. So, so according to my good friend Google, um, oh, I know them. Po- I know them too. <laughs> I know. How, how long have you known them, dude? Um, like, honestly, well, shout out to Google. Yeah, probably. Sponsor us, Google. Probably about fifteen. Yo, imagine probably about fifteen years. But Google identifies Pokemon as an RPG. Yeah, that's what I Google too. <laughs> so <Yeah>. just <laughs> like I mean, in my mind, I always identify with it as an RPG. But I'm like, yeah, that's I'm going RPG. Final answer. <laughs> I mean, a lot nice. of games you could end up calling an RPG too. Like, like I was thinking about that the other day. Like, definition wise, like. You're playing a role in most games. I mean, I know RPG is specific because, like, FIFA is not an RPG, <laughs> but 
a lot of them have that umbrella yeah but yeah for me the reason pokemon is my is the best video game series in my opinion is i mean it kind of transcends pop culture in general like i mean it's not just a video game series but it's also a tv series and there's a card game series and everybody freaking knows what pokemon is i mean everybody (laughs) if you don't know what pokemon is you literally have to have been living under a rock or born in the last five years and even that's a lie because my two-year-old daughter knows what pokemon is so (laughs) i mean it's it's almost impossible to escape pokemon (laughs) you literally can't especially if you come to this podcast (laughs) do you think i don't i don't i don't keep up with pokemon enough to uh to know pokemon do you think pokemon go really helped rejuvenate pokemon as a series for a little bit to a certain extent it definitely did i mean because it kind of i think what they were in that area of everybody wanted to play mobile games and like oh look now you can play pokemon on your phone and definitely got a lot of people thinking about pokemon again Um, i mean i don't know the numbers on like a spike of people playing real pokemon games versus that when it first came out but imagine it seems like more pokemon or pokemon aware did I say more Pokemon or Pokemon aware? Yeah. More people are Pokemon aware <laughs> since Pokemon Go dropped. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, imagine if like they would have pushed Pokemon Go out in the middle of like COVID. Like, um, it would not have done nearly as well, obviously. Oh, no, of course not. But like, I remember when that came out, I was still like in college and yeah. we, we were some of those people. We went out and we would like, for like hours on the weekends we'd we'd drive to places where like known magic carp would spawn and we'd go like (laughs) hunting them to try to get a gyarados and and things like that like um it was a good time and like there was one time we drove three or we drove like an hour and a half two hours oh my god uh to this place that we that's really pretty that we wanted to visit anyway but we just also were like hey this is a this is a pretty good spot to get some magic carp and some some lickitongs and things like that. And so we spent a couple hours walking around there. And actually, another friend of mine from high school, I thought I recognized his voice, and I have to go. And he's with a group of other people, and he's like, "Yeah, there's some uh, there's some dig, uh, diglets, a duck trio over there." And I go get it, and I'm like, "Wait, is it Taylor? Is that you?" And uh, turns out he lived like four hours away from that place, and we both had driven that same night in the middle of the night to the same place and just happened to be in like near each other and came across each other's path. Yeah. (laughs) And I I definitely feel like when that did come out, it definitely brought about a sense of community with just people in general. Like literally I was doing the same thing. We had, we actually ended up, we originally started like a Facebook group in our local area and we would all team up and we would go out and hunt things. Then it got insane and then we started a discord and we would literally team up in groups and we would pile in people's vans and just drive all these raids all over the place. It was nuts. And then it even got to one point. I don't know if you guys remember, maybe you do not just drug apparently doesn't know anything about Pokemon, but they, they had all the scanners and everything where you could get the maps and you could find where the Pokemon are. Yeah. I dabbled in some of that. And one of our community guys used to run a server where the entire County and beyond was mapped out and you could find a Pokemon at any given moment and go drive there if you wanted to. Holy crap. (laughs) That's how insane it had gotten at one point around here. And the game in general was like that. I mean, this was just our small community and ours was pretty small, like um, Charleston and other areas around here. 
they were even crazier. <laughs> like they they were insane. And that that's how crazy that game got for a moment. And it's there was a lot of, off a lot, but there was a lot of it. funny videos from Pokemon Go. I remember one video in particular where I think it was in like Central Park. There was a super rare Pokemon. I don't know which one it was, but this guy, like you see everybody walking around and this guy screams like, you know, this Pokemon's over here. And all you see is a herd of people <laughs> just start like sprinting to where this guy was. There was nothing there, but it just, it was showing like how many people were playing this game at the same time. It oh, was it's crazy. Hilarious. Yeah. Everybody like people were getting like rechargeable batteries for their phones because like oh, it would, yes. your phone would drain running. <laughs> okay, especially, <laughs> especially if you had like the augmented reality portion on that would just oh, suck your battery dry. And like, I remember driving like through town at like five miles an hour to try to get the eggs to hatch because like if you were going over a certain speed, it wouldn't register as like distance traveled because it yes. wants you to walk that distance to hatch oh the egg. Gosh. So I would just, I would just creep like real slow try to get like 0.1, 0.2 meters rolling up to a stoplight, rolling away from a stoplight. I'd go real slow on the accelerant. <laughs> Well, yeah, I remember when they patched that, like, originally you could go a certain speed and it was fine and it would register. And so I used to ride my bike around and, you know, and you'd rack up distance and then they nerfed it and you had to go really slow, like you're saying. So you literally had to walk <laughs> or it wouldn't count the distance. It'd be like, you're going too fast. Are you driving in a car? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do they yeah. know? And we would drive to places with a bunch of pokey stops and hit them all and then just like uh, just creep to the next one like because we'd be in the middle of the night no one's on the road it's like who cares we're going two well, miles an hour down the road who gives a there's, shit i mean there's been so many cases where like people get pulled over for stuff like that they're like what are you doing what's going on I'm like i'm hunting pokemon and they're like oh my <laughs> gosh get out of here yeah like and officer there's a snorlax in the road Can, <laughs> yeah they're going what and then i remember times like we kind of have a small town here i mean it's I don't know how small y'all's towns are, but like 20,000 or less. And so when you go downtown at night, there's nobody down there. <laughs> so people just be driving. There'd be like 10 or 10 cars just driving around, going to all the different stops and everything. And they're like, what the heck are these people doing out here? <laughs> the cops would just be stopping people and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're hunting Pokemon. Get off our backs. And they're like, go home. It's 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, po that, it definitely like took over the world for a little bit. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely... I mean, it's still not dead. I kind of left all the communities I was in because I quit playing because it's not the same as the real thing to me. I mean, it, it, every it once in a while I open it. And, and what kind of what they did with COVID is they kind of expanded everything. So there's more stops and more gyms and more spawns and everything. So I can actually, if I got into it, I can play that from my office at work. There's literally a gym right outside that I can hit and a bunch of Pokemon without even moving which is funny because it kind of defeats the whole idea that it had to begin with was it wanted to get yeah. people up and going and out and about and then now it's like okay well we know you can't do that anymore yeah. so sit at your house and collect your pokemon <laughs> yeah and i'm sure once things open back up they'll reduce everything and force us back out into the world i'm like i don't want to go back outside it's too bright <laughs> so i have a uh a game series that i want to see if you guys have you be the judge of it sucks. Garbage. Because it's kind of, it's a series, but none of them really co-align with each other. But this video game series, to me, I would have to say the Grand Theft Auto series. And I know Cromer didn't play them when he was growing up. But every single Grand Theft Auto game has been a home run to me. 
I could agree with that. Absolutely. Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City. I mean, every single one, I they all... Grand Theft Auto 5 has been going on for 10 years. We've talked about that before. <laughs> all of them have just... They've all been groundbreaking. Every single time a Grand Theft Auto comes out, it's almost like, okay, this is the new bar. This is what every game is out to achieve right now. I mean, Rockstar really just... They, they do good work there. They they don't mess around. And that's what... They keep everything so tight-knit, too. Like, you, you don't get anything. They, like, let you taste, like, a little bit here and there, and then that's it until the game comes out. They don't give a whole lot. Yep. Yeah, because, I mean, when, they're, when their trailers come out, it, it's a big deal. It's... Because, like you said, there's no real leaks. There's... There's nothing to to gather information on. Normally, whenever you hear a rumor, that's exactly what it is. It's a rumor that somebody's just pulling out of the air. Until it comes out from Rockstar, nobody really knows. And it's not just the gameplay, but I think their story modes and their missions are really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, even going back to, like, the first and second ones, which are, like, old, like, top-down, like, games, like... Those were revolutionary for what they were. There wasn't anything like that. And that was like, like no no one really talks about them because three is really when it really started blowing up. But like one and two had to have done well enough to, you know, consider making three, consider making four. Like, like they didn't just choose to make Vice City and San Andreas. Three did well enough for them to be able to do that. And it's just because of the way they do it, man. I remember Vice City... I know we talked about it already, but man, Vice City really, really drew me in. And not just because I was like, you know, like a 10 year old playing a game where I could do drive by and and throw, uh, (laughs) throw money at strippers and things like that. But like, (laughs) um, I just, it it just, it was well-made. It was very well-made. And then coming up to San Andreas later on and playing five recently, I mean, it, the story alone with five, like I know people like GTA online, but five was nice. Yeah. The five was, was definitely having three main characters is something I don't know of any other game doing off the top of my head. Um, But I also think that GTA three was so underrated and I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I think that was one of the more like groundbreaking games to come out at the time and even just in general it was to my knowledge one of the real first big open world maps that didn't take any rendering or load times it just you could go anywhere you wanted whenever you wanted yeah i thoroughly enjoyed three like even going back and playing it after playing because I played Vice City and all them first, but when I came back to three, I mean graphically, you know, it wasn't there, but it still ran well. It it was fun to play. It it didn't yeah. lose that. Yeah, GTA three was definitely definitely a fun one. I had that on the PlayStation two actually. I think we have it on the original Xbox, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah, hmm. uh, isn't it? You remember that little car dealership where the Banshee was always always inside? And you couldn't like punch yeah. the glass. You'd have to shoot through it. But if you did it, the alarm went off. That was always like my favorite car to get because the Banshee was like the best car in that game. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, I, I love and I love that when you when you had like a nice car, more nice cars would spawn. Yeah. So it's just like you could really keep it running as long as you didn't like blow it up in the middle of nowhere. You're you're pretty much set. If if you didn't have a nice car, you didn't see anything in that yeah. game. Yeah, you just had to like run around until you found something, and then find something that's like okay. It's like well, maybe this for a little bit, but such a rock star move. Hardcore. But yeah, that, that's a really good series. Also, I, I I approve of both of y'all's choices for different reasons. Obviously, Pokemon's nowhere near the same thing as GTA. No, <laughs> two totally different types of games. But I mean, I can agree. I mean, yeah, you're right. I didn't play a lot of Grand Theft Auto, but I, I remember playing. They had um, they had Liberty City Stories and Vice City Stories on the PSP back in the day. And yeah. I remember playing one of those. I think I played Vice City Stories a lot. That one. Because, you know, it was Vice City. It's like, oh, everybody loves Vice City. Let's get the Vice City one. So, yeah, I played some of that. But they're definitely great series in their own rights. So, Two completely right. different worlds. <laughs> now we need a third option. Pikachu, use drive-by. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that remember when uh, Go first came out, they were like, oh, if you come in my yard, I'm going to show you a Glockachu. <laughs> so... <laughs> Come on, my you're looking for a Pikachu. I'll show you a Glockachu. There's your draft. That that's really when GTA and Pokemon Go had the best chance of that, having a crossover. That was the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine doing a drive-by in GTA? There's got to be a mod for that with Pokemon. Instead, of, when you shoot your gun, instead of bullets, the Pokemon come out and they just go in and attack people. <laughs> I mean, there's a mod in Skyrim that turns all the dragons into Thomas the Tank Engine, so I'm I wouldn't be surprised if that was a real mod. <laughs> Let's see, GTA Pokemon mod. <laughs> well, I'm looking into that. <laughs> um, I mean, oh my gosh, there's something. Of course, there is. There's a Pokemon Go mod. <laughs> there you can really mod is. anything. You play Pokemon Go in, in GTA. GTA. Oh my god! I'm looking at it right now. I'm downloading this right now. How do I download this? All right, yeah, Nacho, tell us your top oh, series. Man. I told I you. Think, I think Nacho's top series is Pokemon Go in GTA right now. <laughs> If he doesn't yeah. say Uncharted, then I don't know anything. Well, look, man, I I did I did love the Uncharted games. Those those were amazing, and I think that has a lot to do with my love for cinematography, because they're basically action movies that you just get to be in. And, but I wouldn't say they were like the best. They were definitely definitely way up there. I don't want to underplay how much I enjoyed those games, but I mean. The easy answer would be going back to the uh, Metal Gear, obviously, because um, that was the the game that I started off and um, playing. That was like rated M, and it was like very, very cinematic. I think it's like I said, I think it still has the world record rated for like M for math, like thirty two minute cutscene, like oh like the, it has like the longest cutscenes. Ever, which sometimes would be annoying because I'd have to go do stuff, but I would, but I'd be so wrapped up in it. The story just pulled you in so hard, and Hideo Kojima really knocked it out of the park. But getting away from the obvious answer for me, um, I would have to say it's pretty much a tie, probably leaning a more, more a little closer to Jack and Daxter than oh. than Ratchet oh. and Clank. But both of those two games, 
um, because they they both ran on for a while, kind of side by side. Um, but something about it, man, like because like especially because I played Jack Two first because it looked cooler like on the on the package. I literally had both games at GameStop, and I was like, which one? And I was like, oh, this is the second one. But it and it looks cooler. But this is the first one. I should play in my order. And that was my mom was like, you know, you don't have to play them in order, right? And I was like, you're right. I can just get this one now. <laughs> get the other one later. So that's what I did. And I mean, it was a big shift. But like the first one is is a very PG. Like the, you have like the punches and kicks and spins. It's kind of like a Crash Bandicoot style open world game. And uh, but it was like its own original, really interesting story. And then the second one added like new elements, new characters. It threw you into the future, added cars, guns. Um, the voice actor for the main character didn't have a voice in the first game. And in the second game, he did. Um, and like it just, and then for the second one, it went into the third one, which is directly after the, fir- the, the second one's events. And uh, then they had Jack X, which is a racing game which is like a combat racing. Like you have like guns and like all kinds of stuff. And it's like, it's like their versions of Mario Kart, but it had a a really good story with it that tied into the end of the third one. And it was just the way that it was written and done just really, really sucked me in. And uh, I will admit slightly more than Ratchet and Clank did. I think I had a, a lot, a lot of fun playing Ratchet and Clank, but the story for Jack and Daxter really just kind of took me somewhere that that one didn't. And um, yeah, those two, those two games would definitely definitely be there. I mean, that's what it takes. Though that that story mode is is the make or break, and a lot of that, you know, the gameplay could be as good as you could imagine or hope, but gameplay doesn't really mean anything if it doesn't have that story to keep it going. Yeah, and and, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to underplay Ratchet and Clank's story. It's a wonderful story, but it is just a hair under what Jack and Daxter did with how much they made it more mature as it went on. And Jack and Daxter kind of did, but, or I'm sorry, Ratchet and Clint kind of did, but they just didn't push the envelope as much. And that's how I felt, you know, because I was kind of up in the air about what G, I think GTA is a runaway for me, but that's how I kind of feel about Gears of War. I feel like they kind of got, I don't think burnt out is the right word. I think they, they they ran out of ideas and fresh ideas for that story mode. It seemed to get a little bit repetitive, and I don't know if that's how you felt about yours, but that's uh that was one of the drawbacks to that to that series for me. Yeah. And now it's time for our closing statements with Drog. <laughs> Thanks, Chrome. Um, we want to give a big shout out to Casey who suggested we speak about social anxiety and ways we can all try to help each other. Just remember, you're never alone on this journey, and there's always going to be somebody there to help you get through it. But as far as everything goes for Cromer, Nacho, myself, thank you for all tuning in, and we will see you next week on the Average Gaming Corner.